Sportsnet today. Listen on the air, online, on the Sportsnet app, and always on your smart speaker. Sportsnet 960, the fan, Calgary. Everybody back up in the building. It's been a minute, tell me how you're healing. Because I'm about to get into my feelings. How you feeling? All right, let's get to it. Happy Tuesday. September 20th edition of Sportsnet today here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Logan Gordon along with you from our Sportsnet 960 downtown studios in beautiful Calgary, Alberta, Canada. An hour of Sportsnet today before we turn things over to Flames Talk as training camp week opens up for the Calgary Flames. Lots of NHL news to dive into today. A couple of Norris Trophy winners announced their retirements. We'll talk about the careers of Zidane Chara. P.K. Subban and Keith Yandel, all within the last 24 hours, announcing their retirement from the NHL. Colorado adds an intriguing PTO to an already intriguing roster in Alex Galchenyuk. Oh, and they they just made Nathan McKinnon the highest paid player in the NHL today. Just in case you missed that. Yeah, Connor McDavid, move over. There's a, uh, a new king in town. And his name is Nathan McKinnon. And Oilers fans aren't happy about it. But uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Plus, major CFL news uh, with the Calgary Stampeders. Ahead of their rematch against the BC Lions, Cam Judge suspended one game. He will not be in the Stamps lineup when they head to BC for that rematch. We have a Stamps report with Matty Rose coming up around the corner here on Sportsnet today. But we kick off the program. With a special edition, an early week edition uh, of our chat with Andy McNamara, which means Ask Andy is coming up in just a few moments. So if you need to get your fantasy football questions in, do it now at 960-960. Or you can tweet at me or Andy. Andy's at AndyMC81 on Twitter using the hashtag AskAndy. Get your fantasy football questions in. With it being a Tuesday as well, that means that we also get to do some waiver wire targets. So if you have some questions for Andy, ask Andy's coming up in just a few moments. We'll we'll start this conversation uh, with a couple different questions for Andy. But first off, uh, look, this is going to be a bit painful. I'm not doing this to spite our guest. I swear it's not. I, I just I need an explanation for what I saw on Sunday. Third down and 10. 25 seconds to go. The Jets down by six. Flacco takes the shotgun snap and drops. Looks up the seam. Fires. Caught. Touchdown. Garrett Wilson scores. The Jets are a point after away from taking the lead with 22 seconds to go. Andy McNamara, what happened to your Browns on Sunday, buddy? Oh, Logan, man. Just when I start to get that think out of my head that memory if you pop it right back in i had a i had a a no smiles for anyone day on monday no smiles anybody i saw frowns just just terrible it was a total defensive calamity collapse embarrassment whatever word you want to use that really only the browns can do it was a complete debacle people blaming nick chubb for not getting down you're up by two scores with under two minutes to play stop it please Fantasy owners love it when Nick Chubb scores touchdowns, as do I. Three touchdowns for Nick Chubb, and you lose to the freaking Jets. Are you kidding me? You made Joe Flacco look like he was 10 years younger. Absolutely disgusting all the way around. There's no explanation. 
The only good thing is they get to shake it off on Thursday, and I'm already scouting out my DraftKings showdown lineup there, Logan, between the Steelers and the and the Browns. So uh, I'm trying to move on out of that, whatever that was on Sunday. And does it hurt a little bit more that it's Joe Flacco, the former Raven, coming back to haunt the Browns? Yes, yes it does. Yes. <laughs> Because he also ran his he ran his his, his mouth his, his big headed statuesque lumbering fat mouth Joe Flacco too and then he backed it up the piece of you know what yeah eighteen and three eighteen and three against the Browns tremendous Joe Flacco un- unbelievable Joe Flacco made has made over a hundred million dollars in his career because of his record against the Browns so you know there you go. Yeah, just like we all expected heading into week three of the NFL season. Uh, Joe Flacco, Carson Wentz, and Tua Tagovailoa would be leading the league in passing. That's We all had that on the cards. Uh, congratulations to everybody for, for the most obvious start to the season we've ever seen. It is our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara, joining us down the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline for a special Tuesday edition uh, of Ask Andy. we got lots to get to, Andy. The text line's already filling up with questions, so... Ask Andy's coming up in just a couple moments. 960-960. Get your fantasy football questions in for Andy McNamara. But we've got some general topics I want to toss out for you, Andy, before we get there. And let's start with with Miami and the the Dolphins. Tua Tagovailoa leads a tremendous comeback for the Dolphins and a huge win for them over the Baltimore Ravens. But where are you when it comes to Tua in this offense? Because I think it's fair to say that Jalen Waddell – and Tyreek Hill are going to get theirs. It's a very pass-happy offense. But can we trust Tua as a fantasy option going forward? I really don't think so, Logan. And, and listen, that was fun. We love shootouts like that. I especially love it if the Ravens get the every AFC North team lost, by the way. So there's, there's that, I guess. But that was, I think, one of those weird games where it's like, unbelievable. Six touchdowns. What was it? 469 yards, whatever it was for Tua. It's sensational. It's a, a lifetime achievement event for for Tua Uh, folks they're facing the Buffalo Bills okay I don't know if anybody saw the Buffalo Bills last night yeah they look really good so uh I'm going to wager that Tua does not have a repeat performance against the Buffalo Bills who spanked the Tennessee Titans 41 to 7 the offense might be better I still think that with the addition of Tyreek Hill I, I like the integration where it looks like there should be enough ball for Hill and Waddle to eat in fantasy lineups, probably more in the WR3 to flex side week in, week out with, with spikes that we saw like like this week. Um, but I'm not hanging my hat to think that we're seeing uh, two of the gunslinger and that actually Tyreek Hill. I saw this too, Logan. People are like, well, Tyreek Hill said the tool was better than Patrick Mahomes. Let's, let's settle down. <laughs> yeah, let's settle down, let's, please. Let's relax about please. that one a bit. Let's relax. A couple of premier running backs that people probably have uh, on their rosters listening right now haven't performed up to expectations through week two. Where's your worry level on Delvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey, Andy? Boy, yeah. The, you know what? Let's start with Christian McCaffrey. And uh, This was the question with Baker Mayfield coming in, and I was pretty bullish on what Christian McCaffrey was going to be able to do because, well, Baker had Nick Chubb, uh, same draft class for his whole career. Nick Chubb has done tremendously well in fantasy. And it seems like those either short passes or utilizing the run game are bang on. Um, so while Christian McCaffrey certainly hasn't been um, the rock star, our first overall pick that we're used to, still you know, went for over uh, just over 100 yards last week, 
had a rushing touchdown week one, which saved his week. You have New Orleans, who's banged up, Arizona coming up after that. So I still think there's, there's time for Christian McCaffrey to come in. He just isn't living up to a top two, and he's usually taken two or three, fantasy pick right now. But still, when it comes to running backs, I, I'm good, and I still think you're, you're fine with Christian McCaffrey. Dalvin Cook, um, you just look at what the Vikings had happened to them, right? And it was, it was not, not pretty. Uh, at all. Philadelphia absolutely put the boots to them. I've been a Jalen Hurts truther since before the draft, by the way, Logan. I'll tell you, people who said that guy can't throw the ball, watch the game. Look at the drops. That interception off the hands. Jalen Hurts is the real deal. Great bounce back opportunity for Dalvin Cook and the Vikings. You got Detroit next week. You got New Orleans after that, and then Chicago. So there's a nice stretch again where I don't think we should do any panicking. Dalvin Cook's still going to be the guy. Um, It was just a terrible game for them. Was the demise of Aaron Jones overblown heading into this fantasy season? It looks like Green Bay's definitely going to utilize A.J. Dillon, but Aaron Jones doesn't look like he's going anywhere. No, and I was more bullish on Aaron Jones coming into this year simply because Aaron Rodgers didn't have Devontae Adams anymore, Mm -hmm. right? And then you look around. Were we really going to be hanging our hats on Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb, or, or I loved the rookie, Christian Watson, um, you know, Dobbs there, but where were we going to be looking? Well, turns out we're looking at Aaron Jones quite a bit. And look at the ball distribution. I wanted to, to track this coming in because we remember last year it was like, what was it, Devontae Adams, like 10 to 15 catches each week, like ridiculous amounts. But look how it is spread apart uh, for Green Bay from this last game. Sammy Watkins, four targets. Aaron Jones, three. Cobb, three. Dobbs, three. Lazard, three. Tunyon, two. Watson, three. Dillon, three. Really spread out. So now what do we see? Okay, so you're mixing in Aaron Jones on the passing side. Three catches, got a touchdown. That's nice. Also, 15 carries, 132 yards, plus a touchdown. A.J. Dillon, though, still getting 18. So what I'm seeing with this Packers team is, again, there's room for these two running backs to eat because – of the inconsistency or, as of right now, lack of confidence in Aaron Rodgers in his receivers. So I think you put Aaron Jones as a rock-solid RB2, and then you can put A.J. Dillon in a flex spot and feel pretty good about it. It's always hard to, to have these conversations because you never want to see anybody get hurt. But from a fantasy football perspective, Andy, how does it change things in San Francisco with Trey Lance out for the season Boy. and Jimmy G back at the helm? Logan, let me tell you this. So... All right. I always, I give you guys my fantasy strategy each year going in. I always like to get in the draft two quarterbacks, two tight ends to cover off bye weeks, injuries, trade bait, whatever. So this year, guess who in two of my leagues, Dak Prescott and Trey Lance. So Ooh. Prescott goes down. I'm like, ha smart Andy. Yeah. Uh, I got, Lance, yeah. No problem. Kick up. Not a worry about a draft plan working. I'm laying down goes Lance. Trey Lance, Dunsky for the year. So I'm hosed. So this is actually great for the Ask Andy segment today because there's going to be a lot of quarterback questions, and I've been all over the quarterback scene. Because <laughs> I got <laughs> yeah. some work personal, to do myself. Personal experience there. <laughs> you know, I got some work to do myself, so and the listeners are going to be benefiting from that. Uh, but for San Francisco, fantasy-wise, and like you said, you know, not see anybody get hurt, and freelance can be super exciting, I'm sure. This is at least predictability and stability for the fantasy scene in San Francisco. Now we can dial things back to what it was last year. Now, Debo Samuel is going to get his, but if Trey Lance got cooking, uh, he was going to be running the ball 
a lot more. Absolutely he was. But now we can count on Devo Samuel. I think we can raise, I'm not ready to put Brandon Ayuk in my starting lineup yet, but I'm certainly putting a little star beside him. I, I want to be seeing what that looks like. He got five mm-hmm. catches on the, on the weekend. I'm, I'm ready to look at that. Still like Jeff Wilson. Now we got to see if George Kittle can get back in. But we're, what we're eliminating really is the rushing um, potential that would come with a Trey Lance. So I, I think fantasy-wise, it gives us a much clearer picture. Uh, ask Andy coming up with Andy McNamara in just moments here on Sportsnet 960. He's our fantasy football guru. Joins us every week on Sportsnet today. You can get your questions in. They're already rolling in at 960-960, or you can catch both of us on Twitter uh, with the hashtag AskAndy for any of your fantasy football questions. And important to note, with us doing this on a Tuesday, if you have waiver wire questions and you're curious which way Andy would go, you need some help with that ahead of waiver claims coming in this week. Make sure you can get those questions in. Ask Andy's coming up in just a couple moments here on Sportsnet 960. Uh, it's been a disappointing start to the year, Andy, for Matt Ryan in his Colts tenure. Uh, what does that do for the likes of Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor going forward? I, I still think both of them are going to be fine. Um, again, like maybe not as fine as we wanted them to be, uh, but Matt Ryan can still be now. Like you get shut out by the Jaguars, disaster, disaster, right? We're not, no one's not good. That. No, three inter- is is Matt? Are the Colts going to get shut out every week? No, it was a terrible, terrible, terrible game. It sucked. Everybody stunk, and you got burned, and it was just awful all around. Um, Matt Ryan is still a good enough quarterback with a good enough offensive line and a good enough surrounding parts to not be fantasy relevant himself, but make the pieces around him fantasy relevant. They were decimated with injuries too. Let's not forget, right? Your top guy was Paris Campbell and he didn't catch a ball. So, okay. uh, Ashton Doolin is your guy. Like he's okay. I'm not super excited about him, but you were just decimated with injuries Jaguars knew you had to stop Jonathan Taylor. It just got out of hand. So I, I'm, I'm willing to give a bit of a mulligan based on the injury scenario. But overall, I think, they're, I think Taylor and Pittman are going to be uh, fine fantasy-wise going forward. Is there anybody on the Arizona Cardinals offense worth owning and starting on a weekly basis outside of <laughs> Kyler Murray right now? Like, is, like do I even want Kyler Murray? Right? That's, yeah, that's a good point. Now, now, personally, for me, yes, I would, because I have no quarterback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, in, in general, in general, um, it's pretty ugly. James Conner banged up, yep. right? Like, this, is, this isn't this is great. Uh, actually, you know what? I I took a little bit of a flyer, and I'm holding on to him. I, again, I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to be looking to start him, but Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin, with James Conner not at 100%, uh, had a great camp. People like what they were seeing. I was tracking. I kind of dug him a little bit in uh, in Atlanta as well. Um, I again, I don't think this is something you should be uh, wasting a, a high waiver claim or anything on. But to have you know Benjamin there, um, I think could be something in a, a PPR format. You know, he had three catches, he had eight carries, he has been a little slippery. You know, it's it's something where I think you could you could do worse as a backup sort of depth guy. Zach Ertz. Yeah, eight catches, 75 yards last week. Pretty good. Greg Dortch, terrible football name, but Dortch, Dortch got a touchdown. And outside of that, the running backs are really a schmoz. Like, I would rather have, because I'm getting some Darrell, uh, Darrell Williams questions. I would rather have mm-hmm. Dino Benjamin than Darrell Williams. Because James Conner's back, Williams is, is 
going to have his butt glued to the bench. So the receivers, nah, like it's a very passable team. Like it's a very like team like A, you can overlook them for the most part. Just a couple more questions, two more quick ones for Andy before we start the Ask Andy segment. So I'll give you a final call. If you're listening uh, live on Sportsnet 960, the fan right now, 960-960. Get your fantasy football questions in. Ask Andy's coming up in just a couple moments. Uh, how impressed have you been with Drake London so far this season? I think a lot of people had Kyle Pitts being the guy taking most of the targets there, Andy. But through two weeks, it looks like London is Mariota's top target. Well, that, again, that's, that's always the interesting part when you come in. One, he's a rookie. Two, it's a new quarterback, right? Like, I think we would have been able to maybe put the pieces together a little easier if Matt Ryan was still there. You know what to expect that, Marcus Mariota. And you're right. For a rookie, and, and typically for these, like, bigger guys, because uh, Drake London, the size is tremendous. But with even yeah. a, D, a DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson as rookies, it was typically in the second half of their rookie season that they really started to pop Drake London. You know, you look in the PPR, he's getting week one, what 12.4 fantasy points, 24, 25 this past week, touchdown, two point conversion, like the targets. So what we want to be looking at for this type of scenario is not necessarily the point total. Cause you can have, we've seen uh, who was it the other week who had like two catches, two touchdowns. Okay. That, well, that's not going to keep happening. Yeah. Look at the target share. Seven week one targets, 12 week two, uh, 13 total receptions. So the volume is going there. I'm very impressed. I was expecting a better start to Christian Watson um, with Green Bay than a Drake London. But boy, he is looking good. I I still think his potential is probably tapped by Mariota. But heck, you know what? You're you're playing Seattle next week too. Like that's another game where I think you can have some fun uh, with Drake London and, and keep popping him in your lineup. All right, Andy, last one before we get to uh, some questions here on the fan feedback line. I'm curious about your take on this Jacksonville offense right now. The James Robinson, Travis Etienne Mm -hmm. situation is obviously very interesting, and it looks like, despite a lot of eyebrows raised, it looks like Christian Kirk's going to be worth that money so far in Jacksonville. Yeah, they're going to him, and it's not a star-powered receiving core. I want to start with the receivers here because I'm, I'm with you, and it's, it's, very, it's an interesting scenario to me. Trevor Lawrence last year had Marvin Jones as his sort of safety blanket the first half of the year. And I said last year, I said, look, Marvin Jones is someone you can pick up end of drafts, have him serviceable first half of the season, try to sell high and get out because rookie quarterbacks like those reliable options. Well, it seems like they've only surrounded uh, Trevor Lawrence with veteran options when it comes to the receiving game so marvin jones down to that i i was a little bullish on zay jones coming into this past weekend because he had five catches i believe the week before had three didn't do anything spectacular uh but christian kirk looks to be that go-to guy i thought it was interesting evan engram really spiked up sure did that grabs my attention because as we know tight ends are super thin and if you can get one you stick with them am i going to you know drop somebody of note to get Evan Ingram on my team I'm not but if I have somebody you know like I, I you know you pick up a, a guy at the end of your draft and you know you're not going to play him maybe you grab Evan Ingram and if this continues all of a sudden you have a tight end that can pop up does not take much to be a top 12 tight end in the NFL and James Robinson still looks to be leading the way I would expect Etienne's workload to keep increasing but right now you know, now the yards per carry was, was terrible. It was under three for Robinson, but he got the touchdown, got the volume, and had a couple catches as well. 
All right, guys, uh, the fan feedback line is all full up with questions. That uh, means it's time to get to it. Aaron, if you could. You've got fantasy questions. He has fantasy answers. Helping you week by week in the leagues you love. It's time for Ask Andy on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Yes, there it is. The splitter means it's time to get going with Ask Andy here on this Tuesday. Uh, Let's get it started, Andy. First things first, uh, we've got a guy giving you a shout out on the text line who uh, got a, a week two win thanks to you, so they're going to give you some props to that one. There you go. Uh, this one coming up, uh, should I drop Darrell Mooney and make a claim for Garrett Wilson? Mm. You know what? I, I hate to give up on a guy after two weeks, but like I'm just – and it's, okay, so here's the extra wrinkle to it. The Chicago-San Francisco game week one you have to wipe right out because of the weather. So you can't even count that as a sample size, right? So now we're going really – off of one sample size, one week, for Darnell Mooney, and it was awful. Uh, but uh, you have Houston coming up, and then the Giants. So there's certainly a path for him to do well. However, Garrett Wilson, and it pains me to say uh, how he, he sliced up the Browns. Look, Joe Flacco, he's not running. He's just throwing. And it seems like in New York, they are fine with him throwing a lot. So if you're throwing a lot, you go with a wide receiver on that team. Also, you're up against the Cincinnati Bengals, who shockingly are 0-2. They love throwing the football. You could have an under-the-radar little fun shootout here. So I think you go Garrett Wilson and drop Mooney for right now. Uh, Andy, this one uh, coming off of a report that we heard that the Buccaneers are adding Cole Beasley uh, to their oh, lineup. Their wide receiver room is just ravaged with injuries right now. This texture curious uh, if it's worthwhile to drop an extra kicker they have or perhaps an Adam Thielen to get an early look at Cole Beasley on their bench. Boy, you know what? I would, instead of going the Beasley route, and I, I understand the question, good eye, you know, keeping, yep. keeping ready and keeping aware. Um, I have some other, because I, I got a, a text or a, a tweet in earlier asking about like Nico Collins or George Pickens. Um, hard pass on both. I, so I, I was looking. I would rather have widely available guys. Garrett Wilson, who we just talked about. I would take on those Buccaneers. Perryman, he's still widely available. If he wasn't set, a lot of people dropped him. I was, I was shocked. A lot of people dropped him. Uh, Perryman is still there. And also Sterling Shepard, who has become quietly a nice little piece in that revamped Giants offense. So I would rather one of those three over a flyer on Cole Beasley who really, you know, Mike Evans is going to be out one game, right? So Mike Evans is going to come back. Perriman's getting healthy. So what is Cole Beasley going to really be doing in that offense? Uh, Andy, this one coming from Pedro. Uh, can we trust Damian Pierce yet, deciding on a non-PPR flex between him and Michael Carter? I, no, I'm not ready to give up on Damian Pierce yet. Um, it, it, it shows that the Houston offense, was not ready to take off like some people thought, and it's been super disappointing. The Rex Burkhead lurking also is a factor. I, I Just from the talent that I saw coming out of college in the, um, I believe it was the Senior Bowl or East West Shrine, I can't remember which one he was in, uh, That and just the little flashes, I don't want to give up on him yet. I would say you hold on and see what he get, does against Chicago first. Uh, Andy, should I pick up Trevor Lawrence or keep riding with Russell Wilson? Mm-hmm. You know, Lawrence, real life-wise, and we saw he's protecting the football this week. Very efficient. Two touchdowns, zero interceptions. But I, I think what we're seeing is Doug Peterson 
easing him in. That first rookie year, you got to wipe out with Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. You got to deprogram him. Yep. So I see Trevor Lawrence sort of maybe near the end of the year picks it up a bit, but I, I see him being handled more as a um, game manager type, not really getting those pops. Now, listen, Russell Wilson hasn't either, but I, I would I'm going to stick with Russell Wilson figuring it out rather than Trevor Lawrence at this moment. Uh, Andy, better flex option for week three, a little battle in New York here. Sterling Shepard or Garrett Wilson? I like both of them. I, I really do. I really like both of them. Um, you got and both have good matchups. We said with sure do with Wilson. With Wilson, you got Bengals. You're going to air it out. You got Dallas Monday night. Uh, you know what? I'll say because of the God. You're making me compliment the Jets <laughs> who just beat my brother. and Joe Flacco. Why? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say for this week. I think you go. Garrett Wilson, because Joe Flacco is going to be forced to throw the ball a lot. So I'll say Wilson this week. Uh, Andy, I have Dak Dak Prescott and Tannehill as my quarterbacks. Thinking about dropping Tannehill and picking up Jimmy G. Thoughts? Uh, I would try to go if Carson Wentz is there. I would try to go Carson Wentz first. That's that's definitely where I would be be looking. Uh, Owned in about, I'm looking about 52% of Yahoo League, so it still could be widely available. Jimmy G, I think, you know, we know what we're going to get out of Jimmy G. It's probably uh, mid to high teams, right? Like we saw this week coming in and release. You're up against Denver. Look at the matchups too. Denver, tough defense. Rams, tough defense. Now week five, Carolina, and then you have Atlanta. Very nice matchups. Mm-hmm. But I could see Jimmy G giving you, you know, the 15, 17 points and, and everybody else around him doing it. So uh, if, if there's a Carson Wentz, I'd much rather go that route. If there is not, then... Yeah, you go Jimmy G, but I think you know what you're going to be getting. This is another quarterback question right in that same vein. This uh, texter lost Trey Lance as their starting mm-hmm. quarterback. Tua's available. They also have Waddle, so they would go for a Tua-Waddle stack. Okay. They've also got Wentz and Stafford available in their league. I I just really like what Carson Wentz is doing fantasy-wise. Yeah. Yep. Like, he's throwing some pit. He looked a little nervous, but, and he's facing Philly. You know, his old team, does he rise to the occasion? Does he not? Uh, the guy's putting up some serious fantasy points. Like, he's doing really well. So, here are the extremes. We have two a week one, 14.8 fantasy points. Week two, 40.86 fantasy points. Week three, you're playing Buffalo. I would, I would wager, if I'm a betting man, that we're going to see closer to the 14.8 than the 40. So, I think you go with upside and what we've seen uh, pretty consistently and how the offense is operating. I think you go Carson Wentz. Uh, if you didn't hear earlier when Andy said expect a lot of quarterback questions this week, uh, he was absolutely right. Uh, this is one I didn't think I'd be asking you, maybe ever, but I think it's a legitimate option. Uh, who would I start this week, or who would you feel more comfortable starting this week, Wentz or Goff? Boy. Well, geez, same draft class, right? Yes. Wow. How about that? Yeah, they're just kind of swinging along there. Uh, Goff had a nice week against Washington. Sure did. again. Look to week one with with Philly and what we know about Jared Goff. Week one, 16 and a half. Week two, 26 fantasy points. Now you're going up against Minnesota. Beatable, revamped, still respectable defense. Um, I, I like to err on the side of thinking Goff is going to be what he's been, and that's a mid to high teams guy. So, again, I'll say Carson Wentz. Until Carson Wentz gives me a reason this season not to believe that he's going to be getting me into the 20s and – the first two weeks, it's been high 20 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep going with them. Look at the stretch. Philly, tough, but doable.
doable for you can put up fantasy points. Dallas, doable. Tennessee's look terrible. Chicago's look terrible. There, there's a nice little path for, for Carson Wentz here. Uh, a couple of running back questions for you, Andy. Just a couple more here for uh, Andy McNamara here on Sportsnet 960. Uh, another edition of Ask Andy. Uh, Jeff Wilson or Damian Harris, half PPR? Jeff Wilson. I Thank you, Jeff Wilson, because now you can have a little more confidence. Now, again, Kyle Shanahan with these rookies and D-ball, he can, he can go totally off the rails. That's the risk, right? But you mm-hmm. also have a giant risk with the Patriots. Uh, Jeff Wilson. Did good enough this week. I think you go with Jeff Wilson taking away the um, extra wild card of Trey Lance running with Jimmy G back there. Go with Wilson. Uh, Miles Sanders or Rashad Penny? Man. Uh, that Eagles Penny backfield is, is confusing right now. It's so confusing, man. Like, you have a lot to go. And we talk about running quarterbacks, yep. right? Jalen Hurts can call his own number. Sure can. Uh, but, but Rashad Penny... Hasn't been blowing the doors off of anybody. Oh, oh, and and uh, where, where where are the Geno Smith guys this week? <laughs> yeah, pretty where, quiet this week. Where where's you? Oh, you got to pick up. Really? No. Nice story for Geno. Glad he had the cool quote. Geno's back being Geno. Uh, Rashad Penny hasn't got the double digit fantasy points this week. Uh, he is the lead guy. You play Atlanta. If I got to pick between the two, I, I'll take. I'll be a little bit. I think it's a little bit riskier, but I will take the risk and go with Penny with the matchup that they have Sunday at four twenty five. Is Noah Brown worth picking up over a Michael Gallup if he's ready to return? Oh, see, that's something we're going to have to track this week. And yes. if he's on waivers, you don't necessarily have time to do that, right? Uh, Noah Brown has looked good. It, I think it depends on the play that you want to be looking at um, long-term. And also, guys, it's Cooper Rush, okay? It's Cooper Rush throwing the football. Uh, that's, that's for real. He's played the Giants. Uh, if you're going between the two – I guess you go with Noah Brown for now because he's been doing more. Michael Gallup will probably be on a pitch counter ease back in, so I'd say Noah Brown. But I would try to avoid anything with Dallas Cowboys offense if possible. Uh, just a couple more for Andy McNamara here. Andy, Traylon Burks worth a pickup, or is that just garbage time uh, skewing the numbers? Garbage time is fine for fantasy. Blake Bortles made a career out of garbage sure time. Sure did. Right? I'll take garbage time. I don't, I don't care when you get the fantasy points. As long as you get him. Uh, Traylon Burks, I've liked the workload he's been getting brought in. Uh, hasn't hit double digits yet. Uh, looks like, okay, so we've got Las Vegas, Indy, Washington, bye. Uh, if you want to take a shot on him, and the talent's fair, but is Tannehill on that Titans team? Uh, probably, probably not. But they really had a rough go with Buffalo. I think if you want to get Burks, put him in there, you've got a nice three-game window before the bye when you can then make a decision. So I say, you know what? Go with the talent of Burks. See how he is after these next three games going into the bye. Then you have a bit of breathing room to make a decision whether you want to move forward with him or, or drop him. Okay, two more quick ones to wrap things up here, Andy. Uh, this texter concerned about uh, the health of Dalton Schultz heading into this week. Yeah. Any sneaky ads out there when it comes to tight ends? The usual cast uh, in this person's league, of course, sounds like they're taken up. Oh, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. I'm, I, I would bet they are. Um, uh, and against two of my leagues, I got Dalton Schultz. Got Dal- I went with yep. the, the Dak Schultz stack. Yep. Looked good. Looked good to start the sure year. Sure did. Now. <sighs> Not so much. Um, I was talking about last week, and it looks like it's, uh, it's looking pretty good again, even better. Logan Thomas of the Commanders. Um, that, that's someone who's rapidly rising, still probably pretty available. I have uh, on Yahoo, I got 15% rostered. And on DraftKings, he's a cheap buy. He's still undervalued on the DraftKings, the early lineup slates there. So 
Keep an eye on him for your DFS DraftKings play also. Um, the 15% roster, first game back from that serious injury, seven and a half fantasy points. Um, against Detroit, 12.7. We're hitting the double digits. You got Philly, Dallas coming up after that. I think Logan Thomas would be my top play. I think Irv Smith Jr., way too up and down, way too much of a roller coaster. Justin Jefferson stirs the pot there. After that, we talked about Evan Ingram. Uh, I would wait, but if you're desperate and Logan Thomas isn't there, take a shot. You got the Chargers. They're going to have to pass. And then there's always uh, our old buddy Funyan Tunyon there, Robert Tunyon. Um, hasn't put up the points yet, but, uh, you, you know, there's, there's a window with that, that pass chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. All right, last one for you, Andy. Uh, this texter wondering what you make of Devonta Smith so far this year. Mm. Uh, tough situation. Looks like A.J. Brown's going to take a lot of those uh, targets away and, and be the lead guy there. But where does Devonta Smith sort of feel for you? This uh, texter sort of wondering out if they should be looking at a market for another wide receiver or not. Yeah, you know, he's been inconsistent as well. We've had a couple of bad drops, you know, concentration issues. Um, you know, he got you 15 fantasy points uh, last week, like this past weekend, or sorry, yesterday, I guess, um, and stunk against Detroit. So it really depends what else. Would I be opposed to dangling him on the trade block? No, put him out there. See what you, see what you can get. Um, look on the waiver wire as well. Um, I wouldn't give up on him quite yet because he does have – the uh having worked with Jalen Hurts last year A.J. Brown is the guy though there's no doubt about it so if you had higher expectations on Devonta Smith uh, to me he settles in as a a flex and maybe sometimes a WR3 but I I think he's still serviceable you just have to really lower your expectations uh and the reason we're uh, doing this on a Tuesday you're off to Cleveland for Thursday night football is that correct a little AFC North matchup between the Steelers and your Browns yeah, that's the plan, man. I'm trying to get that taste of the Jets' loss out of my mouth, and I hope uh, that they can, the Browns can bounce back. Now, popular play, we can turn this into fantasy. Of course, yeah. Browns DST. Miles Garrett, mispractice, his neck sore. Where did that come from? Hmm. His neck sore. To Davian Clowney, ankle, questionable. So while the Browns' defense is formidable, you also have backup uh, defensive end Chase Winovich. He's going to miss a little bit of time as well. So Mitch Trubisky... He can be mobile. That Steelers offense is nothing to be scared about. But if you don't have your two bookend um, pass rushers, that softens up that Browns defense as well. So I would maybe try to go away from the Browns defense when it comes to, um, you know, whether it's a DraftKings slot in or for your weekly. I got into one of my leagues. I'm going to have to pick somebody up off of waivers. Andy, you're awesome, man. Thanks for this, as always. Uh, really appreciate these chats, man. If you guys have any more questions for Andy, you can head to his Twitter account, at AndyMC81. Use the hashtag AskAndy ahead of week three in the NFL, kicking off with that Thursday nighter. Andy, safe travels, pal. Enjoy the game. Fingers crossed your Browns can pick up a win. I know a win against the Steelers would certainly help you forget that Jets loss. <laughs> it sure would. <laughs> Thanks, Logan. Talk to you later, Take guys. care, pal. There you go. Andy McNamara, he's the best. Our fantasy football guru here on Sportsnet 960 with another edition of of Ask Andy. We're a little over time. Got to take a break. We're going to get out of here, get a stamps report, a very interesting one with Matt Rose coming up next. Fallout from that Lions-Stampeders game on Saturday ahead of their rematch in BC this weekend. You're listening to Sportsnet today here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Back to Sportsnet today on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to Sportsnet today here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. 
Logan Gordon along with you. Final segment before we hand things over to Flames Talk as Pat Steinberg takes over the airwaves on a training camp week for the Calgary Flames. But before we get there, a Stamps report with Matty Rose coming up in just moments. The Calgary Stampeders losing the game Saturday against the BC Lions. But all anybody could talk about were the post-game antics between Lucky Whitehead and Stampeders linebacker Cam Judge. Judge and Whitehead had a post-game altercation on the field, which resulted in Whitehead being punched by Judge. That has led to a one-game suspension for the Stampeders linebacker. He will not be in BC for the rematch this Saturday. It also led to a post-game meeting between the teams, we'll say, in the Calgary Stampeders parking lot at McMahon Stadium. Doesn't sound as though we'll see any supplementary discipline from that, uh, but it certainly has tensions uh, at an all-time high between these two teams heading into Saturday's matchup. With the latest from McMahon Stadium, it's Matt Rose with your Stamps Report. The Calgary Stampeders took to the practice field Tuesday ahead of their rematch with the BC Lions Saturday out on the coast. And lots to discuss with this game going back to the first matchup or this past matchup over the weekend. The Stampeders fall in overtime to the Lions. And after the game, Lucky Whitehead, the Lions receiver, is celebrating on the field. Looks to kind of be showboating towards Cam Judge, who walks up and punches Whitehead. And for that, Cam Judge has been suspended one game by the CFL. That coming down from the league during the session on Tuesday. We were able to speak to Cam Judge after the practice. Won't be appealing his suspension. He had this to say about what happened after the contest. Uh, well, I mean, that's, I feel like that's been discussed with the people who really need to hear it. and I could have definitely handled it uh, better than how I did. But I'm going to take my punishment and just move forward. So Judge will miss the game. Dave Dickinson was also obviously aware this was going to come down. He was prepared to speak to the media on the topic, after practice, he gave his initial reaction. Uh, I respect uh, what the league uh, does, and they're in charge. And uh, you know what? Other than that, um, I think Cam needs to basically talk for himself. And as a team, we understand uh, what our standards are and what we want to, I guess, embrace and how we want to be known. Um, other than that, yeah, we're moving forward, looking forward to a good game. So the punch set off a series of events. After he had hit Whitehead, Judge was quickly rushed to the locker room. The teams were split to their own locker rooms. Then several Lion players proceeded to go into the Stampeders' parking lot and wait for some of the players, trying to seemingly provoke them into something. To this point, the league hasn't addressed that portion of the events, and Dave Dickinson did not know if there was going to be anything that came from it. I haven't really followed through on that. I, I'm not really involved in that. That's Huff. He's uh, talking with the people, but I just want our guys to understand that... Uh, we need to compete. We need to work. Uh, really don't need any of that extracurricular stuff. Um, life is life. Things happen and learn from it and move forward. And after that, there were also tweets from players like Lucky Whitehead and Bo Lacombo, receiver and linebacker for the Lions. Whitehead at Luck Too Fast tweeted about hoping Judge would travel this week, which now obviously Judge will not. Lacombo at Loco for Bolo 20 tweeted about a sucker punch and seeing him next week. We'll see. I'm sure both teams will get a thorough address from the league and their coaching staff. Dave Dickinson mentioning he didn't expect any extra security or anything like that for their trip out to BC. The head coach did say that he had already addressed the team about everything that had gone down. <laughs> like, uh, it, it's not like you can hide from it, but it's, uh, 
it's what it is. You know what I mean? Like the, to me, as as things can happen in life, uh, and you you can you address it, and you learn from it. And I would hope you uh, you learn and, and do better the next time. This does create a hole on the defense, as Judge was having an outstanding season at that outside linebacker position, and he's a national player. He admitted that's how this hurts the most. Uh, it's very disappointing. You know, I feel like I let my team down, and uh, that's usually not something that I do, but that's what happened, and feel bad about it, and hoping the guys, can, you know, get my back out there and get the win. So Dave Dickinson will have to adapt. Like I mentioned, Judge having a great season. He's near the top of the league in tackles, defensive plays, and is a league leader in fumbles recovered. We definitely will have a uh, plan. Uh, you know, I do think he's been, you know, as good as any of our defenders. Uh, I think he's got a chance to, to really uh, maybe even bring home some hardware this year on an individual basis. But Cam is a team guy. We enjoy having him on the team. He's a hard worker. Uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a loss, but we have guys that can replace him. Good news for the Stampeders. Frazier Sopic back on the field. Looks like he may be able to return from a hand injury and would be able to fill that spot held by Judge. Well, Soap play, uh, practiced today and did a good job, so that's an, a great option. I just got to see if the, the medical people will clear him. So, uh, But that's a great option. And uh, we've got other linebackers that we know can do the job. A little bit light on the Canadian side, right? So uh, I, I, I suited up an extra guy last week anyway, an extra Canadian global. So uh, ratio-wise, I think we'll be fine. On the other side, the Stampeders were also without receiver Malik Henry. He was uh, away due to illness. We could see a new-look roster ratio-wise, depending on the availability of Sopic. Maybe the team does choose to go with three Canadian receivers. Uh, yes, but uh, if I needed to do that type of thing, um, you know, a couple of the veteran guys or the guys that played last game that didn't get a full practice in today, uh, we'll, we'll suit up. I like our receiving core. I do like, obviously, I don't really like to classify Canadians and America's imports and everything, but that is how the rules are set up, and uh, I, have, I have confidence in all our guys. One of those guys is 2022 fifth overall pick Jalen Philpot, the former UFC dino, cutting his teeth in the league, caught a touchdown in the loss, and then was around for the whirlwind that followed. I had a chance to catch up with Jalen and talk about all of that, plus where his game is as we approach the last handful of contests in the regular season. We're just uh, finding out news. Cam Judge got suspended. It's obviously kind of the big news story. We'll talk about the BC game as well. But yeah. how has the team kind of responded to this? Uh, you know, uh, stuff happens, you know. So we've just had our little sit down with the team and stuff. We talked about it. And, you know, we just uh, coach made, us, made it sure that it's not acceptable and we can't have it around the locker room. And we just kind of just going to uh, not think about it. And we got a big game in BC this week. They got the tie uh, breaker against us. So we're just really focused on the game and just going out there and uh, getting this win. For yourself, tell us about how the game went. You obviously had the touchdown in the end zone. Must yep. have felt good to find Pater again. Yeah, oh, definitely. That was definitely a long time coming for sure. I had a couple I felt like I should have scored. So uh, that felt good to get back in the end zone uh, in a uh, clutch time too. So, you know, just waiting my turn out there, just getting open, showing the coaches that I can make plays. And, uh, you know, yeah, just waiting my turn and uh, capitalizing when it comes to me. We were talking to Jake Mayer after the game and he said the offense was a little bit choppy, whether it was flags or just not really, really being able to get into a rhythm. Did yeah. you feel the same way and how can you kind of adapt in this second game yeah definitely uh you know when you have 14 flags uh, as a team that's very that's something hard to get over and overcome so uh that's one thing that we've preached this week is we can't uh hurt ourselves and we just got to go out there and make plays when they come to us and yeah just uh play clean play a clean game and we know it's gonna get a little chippy out there probably but just play clean and play a full 60 minutes and uh, hopefully get the win they got a really good defensive front jake mayer wasn't sacked but he was on the run quite a bit yeah. and what does that 
that mean for you, a guy who plays on the outside typically? It leads yeah. to a lot of short passes, and you end up blocking a lot. Yeah, definitely. I uh, just got to stay in my playbook uh, on my hots and uh, my quick reads. You know, when they send the, uh, they play a lot of cover zero, so when they send everyone and blitz everyone, we got to make sure that we see it and we react, and that's something that Dave really stays on us and uh, just to know our hots. And yeah, you know, Jake's really good at staying mobile and get moving around in the pocket and finding guys. So uh, just working on my scramble rules and uh, getting open for Jake. We saw in the end zone, like you were quite open on that touchdown. Luther yep. was quite open. Is yep. that just kind of a, an effect of exactly what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. They want to come up and play cover zero. You know, that's a challenge on us as receivers to get open, uh, beat the man. You know, you only got one man to beat, so you beat him and hopefully you score. So that's what happened on both those plays. So, yeah, we just got to keep uh, capitalizing when they play cover zero. And you mentioned this might get a little bit chippy. What's the key to kind of making sure that mo emotions maintain? Because this is a huge game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's definitely the uh, thought for us. You know, uh, even if they want to get chippy you know uh, if they're unhappy we're just gonna play our game play a clean game you know that we really feel like that's what stopped us in these last uh, two games against BC is just penalties and uh, not staying poised so we're just gonna stay poised and get this win thanks Jill appreciate it thank you nine games played for Phil Pot this year as he's battled a couple of injuries hamstring out of camp had a concussion and a shoulder issue as well although those absences were brief this season he's got 116 yards on 12 grabs catching 71 percent of his passes and reeling in two touchdowns. He's also rushed four times for 36 yards. He's going to be a big piece of the Stamps team, not only this year, but moving forward as well. As once he fills out this frame, he's going to be an absolute force as a national receiver in the league. Close practice for the Stampeders on Wednesday, Thursday, the final injury reports, Friday depth charts, as the team will travel to BC for their game on Saturday night. With your Stampeders report... I'm Matt Rose. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. As always, the Stampeders Report brought to you by the one and only Matty Rose. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Rose YYC. Of course, the co-host of the big show in the morning here on Sportsnet 960. Uh, quick thoughts before we uh, hand things over to Flames Talk here this afternoon on that uh, Cam Judge suspension. Yeah, obviously, you, you punch somebody. Uh, you're asking for the league to get involved. As, as far as the other side of it uh look if lucky whitehead was in fact uh you know talking about somebody's family and that sort of stuff on the field that's a very separate issue in my mind it's one that's hard for me to speak about because i wasn't involved uh, i didn't hear it i can't report that that's accurate one way or the other uh but i can certainly understand why that might infuriate someone like cam judge i'm all for competitiveness you know intensity that sort of stuff but keep it within uh the means of the game someone's family uh, and other things are certainly off limits when it comes to that sort of business. And look, I, I don't know what the intention was that uh, of the BC players going over to the to the Stampeders side of things at McMahon Stadium. Are you you know implying that they would have gone after Cam Judge physically because of what was done? I I don't know. I'm a bit surprised the league hasn't come down a little bit harder about that. I also think that it's something probably to explore about McMahon Stadium here. Uh, if you've been there before, the Stampeders area or access to their parking area, it, it's not one that's overly hidden or difficult to get into. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see throughout the remainder of the year uh, a bit more separation from that. If you've played any time in Calgary, as I'm sure many of the Lions have, uh, you'd be well aware of where the Stampeders come in and out of their locker and dressing rooms uh, to enter and leave McMahon Stadium. So that's a question, I think, for the Stampeders and for the league to look at so that that sort of situation uh, is avoidable in the future. But, I mean, really, do we, need to be, do we need to be going from locker room to locker room looking for some sort of altercation? 
I I don't think so. I think that uh, these sort of things need to stay on the field. Doesn't need to go past that. Uh, as far as the league's concerned, Danny Austin, our pal from Post Media, reporting the Cam Judge suspension will be the only piece uh, of discipline handed out after these events between the two teams. So the rest of it's going to be dealt with on the field. It's going to be a big one for the Stamps and the Lions coming up on Saturday, a rematch after that loss for the Stamps on uh, Saturday night at McMahon Stadium. That'll do it for Sportsnet today. Thanks for uh, joining us as always. Thank you to Andy McNamara for an early week edition of Ask Andy. Flames Talk is next with Pat Steinberg. Stick around here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.